0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory the Pharisee invited Jesus to dine with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. Now, there was a sinful woman in the city who learned that he was at table in the house of the Pharisee, bringing in alabaster flask of ointment. She stood behind him at his feet weeping and began to bathe his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair Kissed them and anointed them with the ointment. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus said to him in reply, Simon, I have something to say to you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people were in debt to a certain creditor. One owed 500 days' wages, and the other owed 50. Since they were unable to repay the debt, he forgave it for both. Which one of them would love him more? Simon said in reply, The one, I suppose, whose larger debt was forgiven. He said to him, You have judged rightly. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? When I entered your house, you did not give me water for my feet, but she has bathed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but she has not ceased kissing my feet since the time I entered. You did not anoint my head with oil But she anointed my feet with ointment. So I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven because she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The others at the table said to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? But he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Afterward, he journeyed from one town and village to another, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, accompanying him were the twelve, and some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalena, from whom seven demons had gone out. Jonah, the wife of Herod's steward, Chuzah, Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Occasionally, in the course of our lives, we may experience a dramatic change. May be visible, may not be, but something in us will have changed. We will be different. If you haven't had that happen yourself, I'm sure you've witnessed it in someone else. Sometimes that change will be a radical moral change, for better or for worse. He saw that in David. The prophet confronts him. David was unaware of his guilt. He had had a child by another man's wife. He had had the man murdered. And still he experienced no guilt, no awareness of his own sinfulness until he was confronted by it. And then he admitted it. We see that in today's Gospel, in this woman. She isn't given a name, although in the St. John's Gospel it's Mary. She's often associated with Mary Magdalene because she was a penitent woman. But she's given no name. This woman is mentioned one way or another, or some woman is, in every Gospel. In this case, our Lord is in the house of a Pharisee, Simon. And the woman learns that he is there. We know that she is a sinful woman. There's no doubt about that. There's no question about her sinfulness. That's a given in this gospel. And as he is there, she brings an alabaster jar of ointment. This evidently was a very rare ointment, a very expensive ointment, we would think. And it doesn't mention it in this gospel, but in others it mentions that she broke the flask, and poured it. In other words, there's a spontaneousness in this woman that sets her apart. There's something quite beautiful in that kind of love, don't you think, when someone does something extravagant by way of an act of love. We like that when we see it. She doesn't do what you or I might do, pour it out drop by drop, as if to suggest by the slowness of the giving the generosity of the giver. She does it all at once. It's impulsive. Love does that often, doesn't it? Passionate love does impulsive things. And so she does it. And she keeps weeping and drying his feet with her hair. This isn't done by way of show. She knows what she is. She knows as well as they do. What her life has been, what it's become. But then the Pharisee witnesses this, and notice what his response. If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him. That she is a sinner. How does he know? By word of mouth? Or does he know from other ways that she's a sinner? In any event, our Lord knows what he's thinking. The man doesn't see the sorrow of the woman, her penitence. That doesn't seem to affect him at all. And it's obvious that she is penitent, but that she is a sinner and that she's touching him. Our Lord then uses this example of those who, have been, who had a debt. Simon will understand that debt in the sense of money, He doesn't understand it in the sense of forgiveness of sin, but money he understands. We see that very often, don't we? In translations of the Our Father, there in in, in England it was always forgive us our trespasses, in Scotland it was forgive us our debts. Uh, And so he uses the example of one who owed 500 days wages and another 50. And who will be the one who loves the most? And he says... The one, I suppose, whose larger debt was forgiven, and then he confronts him with what he didn't do. He didn't perform the ordinary gestures of hospitality for that age and that culture. In fact, it's still true in some places. And our Lord tells them that. He said, do you see this woman? He's not going to compare Simon to that woman. Now, you and I wouldn't think that it's a good story, but he's comparing us, by the way, to that woman as well. Uh, We have to read it that way. Do you see this woman? She's the example now of what Penitence and conversion is meant to be. Not Simon, who doesn't see himself as a sinner at all anyway. He says, when I entered your house, you did not give me water for my feet, which was an ordinary form of hospitality to wash the guests' feet. But she has bathed me with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. A kiss was, again, an ordinary form of greeting. still is in many parts of the world, even in the Middle East which is what made the kiss of Judas even so much more terrible. But she has not ceased kissing my feet since I entered. You did not anoint my head with oil. Again, a beautiful custom. But she has anointed my feet with ointment. But now comes the crooks of it all and the part that the Pharisees and the others there will not understand. Because of this, her many sins have been forgiven because of her love. Her love. That's the point, because of her love. David realized he was a sinner because he was told, was his love all that great? Well, we don't really know. It would seem from what he did later on that his love was great. But her love is obvious. Because she has shown great love, therefore she will be forgiven. Again, it all comes back to love, doesn't it? And that all comes back to the cross. But the one whom little is forgiven loves little. In other words, you don't realize how much you've been forgiven. Most of us don't. If we did, we'd be radically different people. We never think in those terms, do we? We're so accustomed to being forgiven by God. We never think in terms of what that means and how often he does it and the price of that forgiveness. And then he says that he does something divine, something that only God can do. He turns to her and says, "'Your sins are forgiven.'" Now that wakes them up. He's doing something divine. And they then say, who is this who even forgives sins? He's beginning to show them little by little who he is. They don't want to accept that. When he finally does, of course, they will condemn him for blasphemy. But right now he's showing them by what he's doing in his own name, notice. He does it simply in his own name and with his own authority. He forgives the sins. So what can we say about this woman? Well, the first thing she did was empty herself. That's what penitence is. That's what repentance is. Repentance is an emptying of ourselves. Of ourselves, We empty thou of thou. We empty ourselves. And then, having emptied herself, she is prepared for the forgiveness that is coming to her and for the love and for the grace that will come to her as well. You see, it all begins there with, with us. we can, If we can... Be, if we can Be repentant if we can be people who are always experiencing conversion, always going to God with what we are so that we can become something greater, then God can do something with us. But we have to empty ourselves first, as she did. And hers was a dramatic emptying. You and I, for the most part, don't think we have that much for which to be sorry. Those who commit great crimes often do. If you go to prisons, you will often find people who are uh, more visibly repentant than the rest of us because they know of what they've been forgiven. It's something publicly uh, unacceptable, something disgraceful, something perhaps uh, of, of great uh, harm that they've caused to somebody else or to, the, or to the culture. In any event, but we don't see ourselves that way. And so we don't empty ourselves in the process of repentance, and we need to do that. Otherwise, God cannot really come to us as he came to this woman. And, of course, you and I have something more than that. Uh, we receive forgiveness, and he gives us himself to fill us in his body and blood. Even that, imagine he comes to us. I know i said this before, we have a penitential rite for that very reason. We for a moment become this woman so that we can receive him when he comes to us in forgiveness and when he comes to us in the reality of his body and blood. That penitential rite is not just something to get over with so we can go on with the rest of the Mass. It's the very center of of the beginning of that liturgy. So. We then have to examine our consciences. Uh, what was it? Uh, if thou could empty all thyself of self, like to a shell dishabited, then might he find thee on the ocean shelf and say, this is not dead. And fill thee with himself instead. But thou art all replete with very self and hast such shrewd activity that when he comes he says this is enow unto itself for better let it be. It is so small and full There is no room for me. Let us empty ourselves so that he may come.
0: Let us now offer our petitions to the Lord.
1: For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always be open to the forgiveness and mercy of God and always open to the mystery of conversion. We pray for the church suffering and the church in our own country. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they may come to know the mercy and forgiveness of the Lord and come to know him in his church and in the Eucharist. For all those running for public office and for peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who are dying, for those who experience spiritual or mental illness, for those who are greatly tempted, for those who have wandered from the forgiveness of the Lord and wandered from conversion, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our for an end to abortion and euthanasia, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life. Those young men and women who, in a unique way, will proclaim the forgiveness of God and proclaim his mercy. For a greater reverence for the sacrament and institution of marriage, and for the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, you are our prayer. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, They, too, will be instruments of God's forgiveness and visible signs of his mercy. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all those members of our community who are traveling, especially those who are on uh, a missionary trip and pilgrimage, that they may uh, be visible signs of God's love and return safely, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed,
0: for the mercy of God, rest in peace.
1: For all of us here, that we may know conversion, we may know repentance, and may know the mercy and love of God as it comes to us. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all of our graduates, especially those who will be here today, uh, they will use what they have received for the greater honor and glory of God, and that they may always seek the truth as they seek love. We pray to the Lord.
0: Lord, hear our prayer.
1: And for all of us, we may first experience mercy and then be bearers of mercy. We pray to the Lord.
0: Lord, hear our
1: prayer. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of Mercy as we sing.